Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. Calon FM on 105 FM, uniting our community. You're listening to the business community on Calon FM on International Women's Day. Every other day is International Men's Day. Mm. Mm. I've pinched that quote from somebody else, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, Yanka Neeson. Apparently, yeah, she said that basically every other day is International Men's Day. So um, she was named European Digital Woman of the Year and is co-founder of Inspiring 50 and Improve Digital. Okay, so So she should know. She should know. So uh, we're unashamedly going to be talking about women all through the show and playing music by women. And if you hadn't noticed, we are women. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> so I, I had a quick look at the International Women's Day 10 values. Um, it's interesting because last week um, when I was at college, um, I mentioned this on the show before, I'm studying um, business innovation and growth and part of that is looking at culture and we looked at values and uh, we, we particularly looked at our own personal values and compared them to the values of the companies that we worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, there was an alignment. I think I'd have been a bit gutted if I, I found my values weren't at all aligned with the company I worked for. Um, and I, so I think values are really important. It helps you to understand where you're coming from. So um, I just thought I'd say what the 10 values that guide International Women's Day are. And they are justice, dignity, hope, equality, collaboration, tenacity, appreciation, respect, empathy, and forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying that they are uniquely female qualities or female values. It is just that they are what have been chosen by the team that run International Women's Day website as their guide. And uh, Heather, what have you found out about International Women's Day? Well, every every year there is a theme and the theme for this year is press for progress. And as you might expect, a lot of the uh, International Women's Day activity is around the global gender pay gap report. um, Which Which we kicked off the year with pretty much, didn't we? Yes, we we did. We did. The International Women's Day website say that the World Economic Forum's um, pay gap report tells us that gender parity is over 200 years away. So there has never been a more important time to keep motivated and press for progress. Uh, And of course, we've had um, the hashtag Me Too and Time's Up uh, hashtag recently where we've looked at women's equality and perhaps more specifically, sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, but I, th- I, always thought, I always think it's useful when you're talking about International Women's Day and you're talking about feminism uh, and feminists, I always think it's useful to just go back to the dictionary and let's just, let's just remind ourselves of what a feminist is. A feminist is a person who supports feminism. It doesn't mean that they are a woman. It means that they are a person who supports feminism. And feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the ground of the equality of the sexes. That's all it is. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, we, that it's a load of you know, men-hating women. That, a feminist is somebody who supports feminism. And I just think it's useful just to go back and just remind ourselves what we're actually talking about as part of International Women's Day. And uh, going back to Janka Neeson, who was the lady that said that... Uh, basically every other day of the year is International Men's Day. She, she says, uh, in, this was a, a quote in uh, Marie Claire from last year, my hope is that one day we won't need this special day. 
at all. In reality, we should be having conversations about women's achievements every day of the year if we are to bring about change. But unfortunately, we still need International Women's Day. We need it until we have an equal number of women in leadership positions, women earning the same as men for the same work, and women across the world having the same rights as men. Yeah. And that sort of led me on to that, you know what I'm like with my rabbit hole, I go off down an alley, I'm researching something. And I came across this website, I'd sort of heard of it before. And I was reacquainted with it when I was doing the research for this part of the show. And it's the Global Fund for Women. The website is globalfundforwomen.org. And their vision is that every woman and girl is strong, safe, powerful and heard. No exceptions. And they're a global champion for human rights of women and girls. And uh, they're looking all around the world and looking to, to invest money, to empower women, to help them to take action with community projects. And it was founded in 1987 in California. And they, they were looking at the social, economic and political issues affecting women around the world. And they started to fund grassroots organisations and they were trusting that women would help to be able to bring about permanent change. It's well worth looking at. Um, they, they believe in the power of women to change their own lives and the world around them for the better. And when women organise and join together, they can create the lasting shifts in power, opportunity, laws and culture that are necessary to achieve gender equality. So that was, that was a little rabbit hole mm -hmm. I went down. And then I went down another one and... I love a TED Talk. Always love a TED Talk. So I found one by a lady called Leila Hotet. I think that's how you pronounce it. Apologies if I've got that wrong. And she talks about three lessons on success from an Arab businesswoman. She says that professional Arab businesswomen juggle more responsibilities than their male counterparts and they face more cultural rigidity than Western women. So she comes up with three lessons. One is to convert their SH1 T into fuel. And resilience is the ability to transform SH1T into fuel. She doesn't say that in TED. She, she actually says, she says the word. The word that I'm not allowed to say. Number two, be happy because it drives people crazy. <laughs> and number three, join forces, don't compete. And she finishes off to say that as I look to the future, my hopes for my daughter when she stands on this stage some 20, 30 years from now are that she is as proud to call herself her mother's daughter as her father's daughter. My hopes for my son are that by then the expression her mother's son or mother's boy would have been taken on a completely different meaning. And don't forget, you can listen again to this and all other Calon shows via the Calon FM website. You simply go to calonfm.com and click on the listen again feature. And you can also listen to this and all previous editions of the business community via our own podcast edited version, which is on our own, our own website, which is thebusiness.community. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk about events. And I just wanted to talk about an event that I've been to. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned a few weeks ago some GDPR workshops that were being hosted by um, a firm of solicitors called Swain Johnson. And I had already booked myself into the one that was taking place at the Catherine Finch Centre in Wrexham when um, you mentioned this. So I, th I thought I'd give you a little bit of feedback. Please do. Now, um, and 
you're never quite sure. Free event, you know, is it just going to be a hard sell? Do they, you know, they're going to get you captive in the room, give you a bacon bap and then not let you leave until you've bought their services? And I have to say hats off, off to Swain Johnson. It was very well organised. They stuck to their time schedule and they didn't do the hard sell. There was lots of really useful information came out of it. So it kicked off with there being bacon baps and sausage baps available and teas and coffees and then we, we just had a general overview of gdpr and then some specifics about um hr issues with gdpr and uh, and then a guest speaker which was from a company that does encrypted emails so we're going to talk about that later on in the show but i would recommend i know that they've cancelled a couple this week that were planned for um st asif and and another location um but they're being rearranged. So if you can, go and have a look at the Swain Johnson GDPR workshop. They were very generous with their information and also answered the questions, which I think is a, a real good measure of a workshop, is they're available. And I did have questions. I asked the questions that mm -hmm. were very specific to my organisation and, and they were very open and, and prepared to to share their knowledge. The other thing that I found really useful was the people that I was with as well. We were we were chatting about their their own preparedness for is that how you say it? Preparedness, preparedness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how ready they were yep. for GDPR. And um, one lovely guy I was sitting to, next to had done quite a bit of work, and he actually sent me some of the work that he'd done as a template, and uh, it was really open and, and allowed me to share. So thank you very much. Um, so, but that networking idea, I, I love it anyway. I didn't eat a bacon or sausage about being vegetarian um, and I hadn't mentioned that was vegetarian so I, I didn't feel like I could go and ask at that point but um, it, it was a very nice event so thank you very much to Swain Johnson if you do get the opportunity to go to something like that and you are responsible for GDPR in your organisation um, then I'd, I'd highly recommend them. And I know that their events are um, featured on Eventbrite so if you did just go to Eventbrite and search for Swain Johnson you'll you'll find other events that they're, they're running and maybe rescheduled, uh, the, the cancelled ones. Okay, I've got a, f a few events for you. Um, this one might sound a bit dry, but but it's a useful and interesting one and it looks like it's great value because it's a free event. Um, it's March the 13th and it's the Principles of Risk Assessment. It's a half-day workshop. Doesn't sound dry to me. No, well, no, it depends. Yeah, I suppose it depends um, where you are. This is this is organised by Groundwork CLM and it's taking place in Northwich. Uh, it's 9 till 12.30 and full details can be found on Eventbrite and we will, of course, post a link on our on our website but it, it gives it gives some um ideas around hazards risk assessment control and then how to review and record um you know any potential near misses or near hits or whatever you want to call them so that looked like a really good one and then a couple of cipd events one, uh, the North Wales branch of CIPD, quite a way into the future, but I think it sounds like a good one and probably worth getting in, in quickly. It's an evening event on the 18th of April uh, and it's taking place up at Bottle Withen uh, and it is called Are You Aligned? And this is uh, an international HR director from Integrate Marketing who's talking about aligning your employer brand with your culture and consumer brand to make sure you recruit the right talents and build retention. Ooh, I like the sound of that one. I, I, I mean, I think... I think I quite fancy going to it. You know, it's a little way off um, and I am a sole trader. Uh, I don't have any plans to employ anybody, but I think there's going to be some really interesting stuff in there. So that's a goodie. Again, 
uh, on the Eventbrite um, portal. And another CIPD one, Managing an Ageing Workforce. This is on March the 13th. This is 8.30 till 11am. This is here at, at Glyndor University. Um, a guy called David Jones from ACAS with one third of the current workforce over the age of 50 and this number increasing year on year, employers need to be confident in their ability to manage an ageing workforce. And I think uh, the this, this session looks at retirement, succession planning, which is massive, recruitment and retention of older workers, tips on managing a multi-generational workforce and recognising and managing common health and well-being issues. Again, available via Eventbrite, March the 13th. You're listening to The Business Community, and we'd love to hear your comments on today's episode. Simply write a a message for us in the comments box or pop along to our website, which is thebusiness.community. And if you leave a nice message, we'll give you a mention in next week's episode. Now, I like a bit of technology. I like to play with different apps. You do. We've been through a few, haven't we? And some I've kept, some I haven't. I'm still using Pocket, by the way. And Google Keep, so that's that's proven. I'm flitting between the two. So Trello, Trello is working better for me than Pocket, but but I'm giving both a chance. But Trello seems to be working for me. I'm going to have to try. Well, I'll give Trello another go because I did try it once. Mm. So it wasn't right for me at the time. But I'm trying something else now, which is MS Microsoft To Do List. So it's a sort of like the tasks in Outlook. So it works with Outlook 365 and it's sort of like the task list, but on steroids. It's been a beefed up task list. So if anybody who uses Outlook has seen the task list, it's okay, but it's it's not all that. Um, But I I saw... um, on the company internet um, this week, they were just mentioning about these different apps that were available. And so this week, I started using Microsoft to-do list. I'll let you know how I get on. But already, I found that it's quite nice and that you can sort of have a... There's a, a list for today, my day, it's called. And you can drag some of the things from your other to-do lists and you can have different categories for your to-do lists. So I've, I've got them for the different um, responsibilities that I've got at work so I can keep them separate. You can have the... Um, reminders in there as as per normal just seems like a slightly better version of tasks and outlook so i shall let you know how. what does it look like um is it colorful yeah it is colorful it's better than um tasks as well from that point of view so you can um it's a bit more drag and drop with these things as well so i I quite like it but i I will feedback on that in a couple of weeks okay um and then uh, when i was at the swain johnson workshop for gdpr they had a guest speaker there from a company called our mail or our post they seem to use two different um brands and what they were talking about it might seem boring to many but if you are responsible for gdpr and data protection then this might interest you and it's about the delivery of secure and certified emails and encrypted emails and e-signatures and so essentially um the thing that pricked up my ears was the idea that you you might be sending emails out to third parties with sensitive information in. You might do it on a regular basis. You know, your, if your payroll is done through a bureau and you're sending out national insurance numbers, names or, or salaries or anything like that, anything to do with your employees that you might be sending to pension firms or medical mm-hmm. companies, then really out there in, in, in the dark web, there, there, there are people there just waiting to get unprotected emails. And apparently, I didn't know this, the, the market price for a name and address on the dark web is £39. 
Blimey. Yeah, so, you know, you pick up a few emails with people's payroll information on and you're... Crikey. You're doing well. I might yeah. change my my business. Strategy. I might just sell all my friends' contact details <laughs> <laughs> on the dark web. The only thing is, I haven't got a clue how to get onto the dark no. web or really what it is. But I do know that, that there is a thriving business, and I've talked about this on the show before about you know cyber security and cyber crime is going to surpass the the, the um, illegal drug market globally within a few years so this is really something that you need to think about and our post is is a way of tracking and making sure that the email that you've sent has been delivered so you not only you see that it's been opened you see when it's been opened and you can ask them to reply back to you using a secure email as well so it all comes bundled Mm -hmm. in that Um, I actually signed up for a free version of it so I had a little play with it um, and you can get it to work with Gmail. So I use Gmail for all five of the email accounts I use. Maybe I need to prune them down a little bit. Um, but you can get a little app that plugs into Gmail, but it works with Outlook. It works with all the main uh, platforms. If Even if you've got a Mac, it works with Mail on the Mac. Uh, and it's essentially you just download the app and it attaches to your email system. They Apparently they don't store your email, so that there's no issues there. So something like... Um, the likes of DocuSign, that you obviously would have to very much trust that company because they're holding on to the signed documents that you're sending. Um, and apparently one of the benefits of this company, which is actually locally based, they've got an office in Tatton Hall just over the border in Cheshire there, and uh, is that they don't store it. So it, it's just a service where they're sending emails. And with the free version, you can get up to five emails a month which doesn't seem like a lot but if you're only sending one payroll email yeah. per month then that might be just be what enough. you need yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's for security it's also for legal compliance as well because the re- regulations for gdpr are requiring that you you know that you've sent and that you've delivered emails are far more than just sending stuff and expecting it to get there mm. really mm. so um, I don't know a lot about it. I think it's really something that's very interesting and something that's worth exploring. And if you're interested, then go and take a look at um, our post. That's the letter R and then post. And uh, let me know how you get on. OK, right. I'm going back to the fact that it's International Women's Day. And I, women in business is, is a big thing. Uh, and, and, you know, we're cele- we are both business women. We're celebrating the fact that we are women in business. And there are a couple of organisations that do that. So womeninbusiness.co.uk um, provides help, support and guidance for women who are in business, women who work in business and women who are starting up or considering starting up a business. Um, it was it claims it was the first network for women in business in the UK. Uh, which, you know, was probably quite earth-shattering at the time. Uh, And so it's worth having a look around their website, some really useful resources on there and a nice community. So that's womeninbusiness.co.uk. And then from that, I found the Women in Business Network. It's a membership organisation for women who want to gain business opportunities through word of mouth. Uh, They have a policy where it's one profession per group to ensure that every member gets the best targeted help from other members of their group. So they set up these sort of support groups. Uh, It was launched in 2005 uh, and they have, um, well, meetings all over the place. 
Um, and they've got over 2,000 women uh, and a growing membership. And then I came across something that I think is really interesting. And it launches, it launched on the 2nd of March, um, which is the Best Business Women Awards. Now, there are a number of categories. Uh, if you go to bestbusinesswomenawards.com, uh, it's Best Businesswoman in Business Services, um, Best Businesswoman Working with Children or Family, uh, best networker, that's one that I'm quite interested in because I'm quite a serial networker, put myself out there. Best young entrepreneur, so somebody who's under 30 on the 30th of July, uh, 31st of July. And the one other one that I was interested in, best community champion. So this is uh, presented to a woman who's made an outstanding contribution to projects or charities within her community within the past two years. Lots of awards, lots of different categories for women who are just doing great work. So, again, worth worth checking out. Uh, so that is, as I say, the Women in Business Awards. And the web address, you can hear my mouse scrolling now, uh, is bestbusinesswomenawards.com. You're listening to The Business Community on Callan FM. And just a quick reminder that Callan FM is celebrating its 10th birthday and it's celebrating in style with a huge prize draw. And we've got a large amount of tickets that we would like to sell to raise funds so that we can keep the radio station going. And um, if you would like to purchase some tickets, then you can run into any of the presenters who are desperately trying to sell theirs and uh, you can go into various outlets in Wrexham or come into the studio all the details of where the tickets are available and details of the amazing prizes um, certain prizes I've heard of you can go in the commentary box at Wrexham FC um, tickets to the match tickets to the rugby there's a rugby shirt and football there's tickets to Focus Wales tickets to this tickets to that meals out in places all sorts of lovely prizes that um I know that people have been working very hard behind the scenes to get hold of to help support Callan FM. Uh, that will all be available, a list of tickets and outlets on the website, which is callonfm.com. Now, it's International Women's Day, and this lady has only been really on my radar since Heather told me about her. And uh, you went to see her, didn't you, to talk? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so excited. And we are not going to do this lady justice in the amount of time that we have available. So I just hope that we wet your whistle so that you research her and, and find out about her. She's an absolutely incredible lady. I was privileged to see her give a talk in Oswestry uh, a few years ago, now, about three or four years ago. And I was completely blown away. And everybody in the room, she had us just in the palm of her hand her name is dame stephanie shirley and i'll just read i'll read you the opening line of um uh, opening paragraph of her book uh, which is called let it go uh, and this covers this charts her whole life she was a hugely successful is a hugely successful woman uh, in her own right in business and now she basically is given away most of her money she's a huge philanthropist but i think it it will set the tone if I read these, these words to you. My earliest memory of England is of Liverpool Street Station. It was a grey day in July, a few weeks before the outbreak of World War II. I'm not sure if it was raining as I stumbled from train to platform or indeed what time of day it was. All I remember is the shadows and the great cast iron pillars and walkways and the pain in my foot. 
I was five years old. My nine-year-old sister and I had been travelling for more than two days on a grim, tearful journey from Vienna. We knew scarcely half a dozen words of English between us and I, at least, had only the vaguest idea of where we were going and why. There were about a thousand of us on the train, all Jewish, all children, apart from two young women charged with looking after us all, and nearly all distraught. We had numbered tickets hanging around our necks as if we were lost property. And in a sense, we were. And that's, wow. how, she, that's how she came to the UK. And, you know, that's a story that is not u- unique to her. But as you find out more about this amazing lady, you realise just how far she travelled from from that and and she goes on through her book to talk about um, her parents and her sister and the family that took her in uh, and her relationship with her mother who did in time come to the UK and the reason that she was speaking uh, in in Oswestry is that she spent some time living in Oswestry her mother came to the UK and found work in Oswestry and uh, Dame Stephanie was um, staying with who, who was then known as her aunt and uncle. Um, but her sister decided to go and live with her mother. And so Stephanie stayed with... Uh, and Stephanie is, is, is a name that she chose for herself. It wasn't her original name. Um, and she decided to stay with them. And, and she says that, you know, they are her parents to all intents and purposes. Uh, but but she, she made a life here and she decided uh, in... in 1962, um, she got a job at working at the post office and uh, got interested in computers and computing and systems and decided in 1962 that she would set up her own software distribution company. And that's when her life really just changed massively. Uh, and she says, I decided to start my own company selling software. That's an uncontroversial sentence written nearly 50 years later. At the time, it sounded mad. And indeed, many people thought that she was completely crazy. But what she did was she set up a business uh, from her kitchen table. And she basically had nothing. But she just she just started. And she was one of the first people to employ freelance computer programmers. So she identified that there was a resource out there that she could use. And that was how she was able to set up her business from her kitchen table. And she, um, again, so she was pitching for business and she was looking for business. And this is the essence of, because she's now known as um, Dame Stephanie Shirley, but that wasn't always how she was known. She said, I'd hired a local lady, Barbara Edwards, to provide half a day week half a day a week of secretarial assistance so that I could be certain that my letters would, would go out looking as though they'd come from the chairman of a blue chip company. She used to come to Moss Cottage, which was her home, on Wednesday afternoons with her own baby and we would help one, other, help one another out with childcare as circumstances demanded because by this time Dame Stephanie had her son who was later, um, who was later to die, tragically. So she's doing all of this and then she loses her child. Uh, and he had he had considerable issues um, and special needs, so nothing in her life was straightforward. But still my letters failed to produce a response until Derek suggested that maybe the problem lay not with the letters themselves, but with the signature at the bottom of them. 
Given my experience with previous employers, it was not unreasonable to speculate that many potential customers seeing the words Stephanie Shirley at the bottom of a letter would refuse to take its proposal seriously simply because I was a woman. Derek suggested testing this theory, as you should always do, by signing a few letters Steve Shirley instead. I did so and people began to respond. I've been Steve ever since. Wow. Amazing. I just can't, I just can't do this woman justice. She, she is the gentlest. Of course, she must be a, a tough cookie to get on, but she is the gentlest person. She, she is not brash about this. She's, she doesn't gloat. She's not uh, bitter and twisted. You know, with the start that she had in life, you might think that she could be quite angry. Um, but no, she and she she makes no bones about it. She had a, a mental breakdown at one time in her life. She's really been through the ringer, but she was successful, hugely successful. Um, the, the thing that struck me when you were saying that is that the time that she set up a software company, I think that software wasn't a thing, was exactly. it? Exactly. Because yeah. I, from what I understand, the software was just what you got free with hardware. It, yeah. it wasn't even, it was the hardware that was important. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that foresight that she had, yeah. which now it, it's all about the software, that yeah. the hardware is sort of oh, something you just need to run the software. Yeah. But it wasn't like that at all. She then. didn't make, it wasn't, it wasn't that she chose um, an industry that women were prevalent in and everybody knew that they needed she as you rightly say she spotted that this was the way to go and she had the the wherewithal and the nous and surrounded herself with the right people who could help her move forward and i just think well, well i'd heard of her because you'd been to that talk and i i was i have to admit just jealous that i hadn't gone <laughs> there is there is no other way to describe that there was a certain amount of jealousy involved yeah, yeah. i wish i'd seen her but i've i've watched a ted talk you know me and my ted yes, talks yeah. and uh, it, this summed up quite a lot of what she said uh, what seems to be in the book as well um the, the ted talk is called why do ambitious women have flat heads and more about that later on what i was blown away by was the fact that when she set up this company she pioneered things that even now are considered quite radical so the flexible working the returning to work after having had children that you know the working from home with your kids there all of these sorts of things are just coming around as if they're new things she was doing that yeah. but she was doing it she masked that, she, you know, that she called herself Steve. She didn't want people to know that people were working from home. And it's just amazing. She, she, it's a billion pound industry, you know, that yeah. she she went on to to form and just absolutely stunning. And like you say, at the TED talk, she was engaging, but she wasn't boastful. She was she was just she was you know, so a really genuine person. and yet extraordinary. You know, she would. And and I think yeah you hit the nail on the head. She not only believed that she could succeed that she'd got, but she invested in women, who, you know, were stay at home mums. So I understand that as well as making a lot of money herself, she helped a lot of her employees to become millionaires. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned about her son. Um, he sadly had autism and uh, yeah. quite severe and. Um, I don't know the circumstances of, of his death, but this is one of the reasons she's gone on to do a lot of um, 
charity work and the 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 philanthropic work that she does now um and and she doesn't do that looking for praise or recognition she she didn't even really mention the details of what she does in, in this talk no. it's just something that she does although uh, there was a lovely little bit in the talk where she said uh, one one good thing is that uh, on that I can never get lost and obviously referring to perhaps uh, dementia or, or loss of memory said because there'll be several charities that come looking for me yes yeah yeah uh, yeah there'll always be somebody who knows where I am yes yes yeah and yeah. Uh, I, I think that what what she's brought it more people need to know about it what she achieved what what how, the way that she's gone about business it, it really is um it's a true role model and truly inspirational yeah I mean she's she, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. Researching this and just looking at the book, and it, it's just reminded me so much of that evening and, and the fact that everybody was just completely blown away. And there were questions and she answered them honestly and frankly. And, um, yeah, was never... She would tell you anything. You know, it, she wasn't masking anything at all. She just incredible, just incredible. I would urge you... The book is called Let It Go. Um, yeah, it's... Available from all good bookshops. Yes. Uh, did you get yours signed, Heather? No, I didn't because, and this is ridiculous, um, just goes to show, I, I went with my husband. I didn't go because I wanted to go. And I'm embarrassed to say that because having seen her, it was like, why on earth did I not actively choose? My husband works in, com in he's a computer programmer. So we were going because of that. And I was just left thinking, how, have, how has this woman passed me by? Um, amazing, amazing. So this is the point of the show where we wrap it all up with a, a quote that we've chosen from our topic of the day, our subject. So um, the one that I'm going to choose is actually from the TED Talk. And um, the, the TED Talk is called Why Do Ambitious Women Have Flat Heads? And, and the quote that I'm choosing is, you can always tell ambitious women from the shape of their heads. They're flat on the top from being patted patronisingly. <laughs> and the one that I've chosen um, from the book, and it does not relate to business at all, but it, it is what she, she quotes W.H. Auden when her son died. Uh, he was 35 um, years of age, and she said, and as W.H. Auden wrote, nothing now can ever come to any good. So she was at rock bottom, and yet she carried on. So that's the end of the show for this week on International Women's Day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Tune in next week. We'll be back here live at Callan FM. And uh, you can always go to the podcast, which is on our website. Heather, over to you. It's www.thebusiness.community. Yay. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.